And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Thanks so much for joining us here on ESPN-UP. Jake Durant from Local 3 is in studio with me. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. We've got a lot of football today. I'm all right with that. Yeah, of course uh, you are. You know, it's, it's about to be football season. I'm looking forward to the NFL starting up, college football starting up. You know, we've been diving into the high school football training camps, which has been, have been really interesting to just, you know, kind of get a get a – a feel for what the landscape's going to look like look like with all the new teams moving to different conferences and you know the departing seniors the guys coming up so it's been really interesting and it's just it's good I, I don't like to see summer come to a close but I do like to see the fall arrive and football uh, get back started yeah it's kind of a weird time now where we're right in between the summer and fall like I also don't want it to end but I kind of do at the same time right. it's like let's take the summer weather and the fall activities mash them up that would be the perfect time that would be great. I mean, you can't, you don't really want to be playing football in summer, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, it is still nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a nice break, but let's get. I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready to get get things started. I want to see how this this year goes. And you know, I'm a little younger than you, so you might not relate as much. But I still some for some reason when I think of fall, I get that uneasy feeling of school, even though I haven't been in school for a couple of years now. It just still sticks with me for some reason. Like, oh, summer's over. Oh wait, my life is going to be exactly the same now. I kind of get what you're saying. It's like an anxious feeling. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I am a little bit out of the the uh, <laughs> groove a little bit. You know, it's been a few years for me. Um, but I do have you know friends that still you know are going to college and things like that who are who are similar. Like, oh, I got to get back on the school grind. I got oh, I got classes, this and that. And and I mean, you can even talk to to athletes, you know, college athletes, high school athletes who mm-hmm. who are talking about you know can't wait to get the semester started, things like that. Get into classes and and get things figured out. But I know exactly what you mean. It took it took me a while, but but now I'm in the real world and it's just the same old same old for. Uh, it, Every, every day, I guess you can mm-hmm. say. But. Do you ever have those dreams where you're back in school and something goes horribly wrong and it's almost like a nightmare? I think, you know, every once in a while I have dreams where I'm sitting in class or, or walking down the halls or something and it's never, it never seems to be a really great yeah. dream. Yep. Um, but I mean, I loved my time, you know, in school and college and things like that. I didn't really have a terrible experience. Um, you know, I would love to, you know, I'm not even closing the door and going back at some point in my life. So, okay. I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind the grind really. Yeah. <sighs> I liked everything but the classes. Everything else was great in college, but then the actual schoolwork, I could I could live without it. Hey, it's it's like an athlete, you know. You got to kind of get in your routine. Yeah. Wake up every day, do the same things, and just kind of find find your balance mm-hmm. and find your priorities and, and get it going. It's just like training for for an off season, like these players have been doing. You know, just getting in there, getting the work done, and and just getting better. Well, let's jump into the the college aspect of it. Jim Harbaugh arose from his bunker as he does once per fall camp to address the media. And I guess address is kind of in loose terms because he doesn't really reveal much of anything. So it's kind of a pointless exercise. He said the QB battle rages on, in his own words. Is it really raging on, or is he just saying that so the other quarterbacks don't give up? You ever think like these media people just figure you know we're going to go into this we're not going to get really any information but it's going to be entertaining i think that's what they want you know they're just waiting for him to just you know he's just so quirky in the things in the way he presents himself it's it's insane but i think this is just a tactic just to keep guys you know motivated that hey maybe i still have a shot here but i think deep down he knows who his number one guy is obviously 
Um, and I think it is going to be Shea Patterson. I think he has, he's the favorite. And then with Brandon Peters backing him up, I think he's a solid backup. And let's just hope we don't have to see Peters a lot. Let's hope P- uh, Patterson can come in. I just think Patterson's the more versatile guy. He's, he's experienced. Been in big moments, played in big games, and I just like the fact that he can he can make extend plays and, and make plays uh, on the run. I think that's where he shines the most is on the run, how accurate he is. And I think with those young receivers, I think you need that. You need to extend those plays, and you, it's 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 kind of like, you know, you need to be able to extend those plays so those receivers can break off their routes because uh, sometimes they're not going to be running the crispest routes, and then um, he's going to have to just be a playmaker. Well, that receiving core is going to be pretty inexperienced for him because you lose McDoom. You lost, I think, Kakoa Crawford also left the team. Mm -hmm. So you have a guy, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is really the only guy who played the full season because Tariq Black got hurt. So while you think there's an upgrade at quarterback, and there should be, it's like once you get that upgraded, then the rest of the offense takes a step back. Then you have the problems with the offensive line. That's a big question mark. So Patterson might not be put in that position to succeed right off the gate and, and then add on to the fact they have to go to Notre Dame in week one. Exactly. I think they definitely need to kind of lean on that run game. I think that's where they're most solid. Um, that run game really really got going last season under Higdon, so I, I can just expect them to kind of try to get that going again. I think Peoples-Jones is, is in, in a position to take that next step. He came in highly touted. He was one of the top receivers in his class. Um, he has all the physical tools. You're talking about a big-bodied guy. He can run. He can jump. He can do everything. I just think with him, it was a men- mentality thing. Um, you know, just try to be, you know, have that more aggressive mindset. I think that's what the thing. He was just a little too soft, a little, little too timid. I think once he figures out how good he really is, I think he will be great. Tariq Black, he showed he was a playmaker. He came in. He was the most surprising, the best of the group. Um, unfortunately, he got hurt, but he was, you know, in in this last season when he was on the field, he was making plays. I mean, deep down the field, and that's what they really need. They need to extend, uh, you know, extend the field and, and get guys running. So if he can stay healthy, I think that makes a one-two two combo. And then it's just finding guys who can kind of complement that and and things like that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. It just it, it is unfortunate they have to go to Notre Dame first. They can't really get a good feel, but um, that defense is going to kind of hold them down. I think early on in the season. And then, you know, the offense is going to have to try to catch up. I still do think that they will beat Notre Dame. Okay. Well, did you hear the story with Karan Higdon where he said he set his goal at the beginning of the last season for 1,000 rushing yards? And if he hit that, he was going to the NFL. If he didn't, he was going to come back. And I think he had 994 rushing yards. And he decided to come back just because he was six yards short. Do you believe, like, that was actually what he was thinking? I mean, it, it's a cool story. Uh, do I believe that? Uh, Six yards? I, I think a, I think a lot of things probably went into him coming back. I think it was probably a good decision. Um, he's going to be one of the top backs, I think, in, in college football this year. I, I, I do think he'll extend past 1,000 yards this season if, if he's healthy. Um, but that's, you know, that's unfortunate that he, he actually did stay back just for that six yard. That's crazy. Because then if, if, if you're him, then you're going back to all the runs you had where maybe you, you thought you could have gotten another yard or two and how if you piece those together, you would have gotten over that thousand yard mark. That's got to be the most frustrating thing right. in the world. I mean, yeah, if you could just break one little bit, one, <laughs> one, one run, run, one run out of all those runs, if you can just break one more, get six more yards, mm-hmm. you're there. Um, I mean, it, it just goes to show, I guess he's, he's loyal to his word. If I want to say that, I don't know, but I think it was a good good decision to come back for him. Now, we I have a feeling Shea Patterson won't be the only quarterback to appear under center this year for Michigan. 
Is is it really a sure thing that Brandon Peters would be the next man up? Because I've been hearing a lot of good things about a guy like Joe Milton, who's young, has no experience, but maybe has more upside. Do you think he could be that next man up? I mean, if you look at the the class as a whole, they do have a lot of Joe Milton's. Uh, if you ever if you ever seen this guy, he's everything you want in a quarterback. Athletic, he has a rocket arm, um, big and strong. You know, he has everything you want. Um, I just think he's just too young right now. Uh, McCaffrey, Dylan McCaffrey, yep. Christian McCaffrey's little brothers there. He came in highly touted. Um, and he, I mean, it's it's a McCaffrey, so you you think this guy has a little bit of skill mm-hmm. um, in in a playmaker ability there. Um, but Brandon Peters, he came in as the number one quarterback in that class. You know, he did have moments when he was in. He got beat up a lot. You hope that didn't mm-hmm. kind of affect him a little bit. But I think he'll come in a little bit more confident. Um, I think it is. I think it is Brandon Peters' job at the number two spot um, right now. It'll be something to watch, though. It'll if, be something to watch. If, I mean, because Patterson has a history of getting injured too, so it's not like you can just mark him down for. 12 games in the regular season, and in, we know Harbaugh likes to shuffle yeah. regardless. Especially early on in the season, if you talk about that offensive line mm-hmm. being a little banged up and, and there's questions there. You know, if Patterson goes down early, then if you try to bring Peters in, maybe he struggles a little bit, then it's like, okay, now Harbaugh's feeling a little pressure. Maybe they go, do fall to Notre Dame, then what? You know what I mean? So um, it'd be interesting to see. Maybe they do bring in a guy like Milton who, who can just maybe kind of shock some life into the offense. I wouldn't put it past past him. Mm-hmm. You know? Are you getting tired of the whole secretive operation that is Michigan football where they don't let media watch any of the practices? The only people who can watch are the ones who pay, basically, like Amazon when they did the documentary, the Big Ten Network. Is that getting tiresome or is this something that you like? I don't think it's getting – it's not getting tiresome to me at all. Um, I kind of like it for the fact that, you know, you kind of just don't really know what you're going to see week one. And it's just kind of something that he, I guess it's a psychological thing. Maybe he's trying to pull or something like that. He's always trying to do these little things to to get an edge. Obviously, you know his record shows it's not always working. But um, I don't I don't mind it. You know, it's just how he does things. I guess, and um, it's just going to be interesting to see who who lines up on the field in in positions at week one. And um, I don't. But no, I don't think it's tiresome to me at all. It's. I wonder how soon the players actually know if they're going to be starters. Because I think, didn't Wilton Spate say last year he found out almost like the day of the game, the Florida game, that he was going to be the starter? That's got to be kind of tough on some of those players, too. It's probably, I mean, it's probably a little tough, but if you're, you're a football player, you're expecting to start. So your mentality through all of camp, through everything, is I'm the starter and I'm going to start. I think that just kind of keeps everyone on edge. You know, everyone, it should keep everyone focused. Like, hey, I potentially could be starting. Mm-hmm. So I see it as a good thing because if you tell a guy, yo, you know, you're the backup three, four weeks prior, you know, they might kind of just, you know, it's, they're young kids. You never really know how they're going to take it. They could kind of, their effort could drop, you know, their, their, uh, you know, mindset could, could falter and their focus could, could wither, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just think it's, it's something that can kind of keep everyone on kind of on an edge and keep them focused, and, and then obviously say a couple days before the game, f- figure it out so you're not just kind of throwing throwing a guy in there like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a deer in headlights. Right. So let's get to the rest of our college football preview. We've been doing this weekly for the past couple weeks here. So to catch everybody up, we are, we are through eight games now in our preview. Uh, for Michigan, of course, you have them undefeated, mm-hmm. 8-0. 
I and then I have them at six and two, with losses to Michigan State and Wisconsin. For Michigan State, they already had their bye week because it's so early in the season. So you have them at five and two. I have them at six and one. You picked them to beat Penn State, and I picked them to lose to Penn State, which was kind of the weird one so far. That was weird. But everything else has been pretty much chalk so far. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Michigan has a bye right after the Michigan State game. I'm going to chalk that up as a W. Yep. That's that's probably the best time to have a bye is after one of the biggest games of the season. Exactly. It's kind of in the middle of the season, too. That's exactly where you want to, mm-hmm. you want to buy because you hope to win that big game. Obviously, you're going in on a high note. Guys are going to be banged up. You know, you're going to have injuries. Um, and it's kind of just a, a nice time to, to re- just refresh yourself and then mm-hmm. really focus on that second half. You know, these really important games. When you talk about Michigan State, their bye week is so early. It's it's, it's actually the, maybe the worst time to have a bye week. So, you know, it's kind of weird how that's going to work out. You're going to just get, kind of get things together, and then they got a whole week off. So mm-hmm. um, definitely happy where that bye week falls. Also, did you see Michigan State and Oregon set up a home-and-home series starting in 2029 why bother even announcing it i'm gonna be in my mid-30s by the time that game comes around right i mean i'm gonna be i'm gonna be up there i'm gonna be in a, no i'm not even gonna say that um yeah i'm gonna be up there i'm gonna be up there too uh yeah that's way too far down the road you don't even know what if football is gonna be around at the rate this is going with all the injuries and right things, you don't know who's gonna be good or not exactly I mean, like it's, it's just ridiculous one of those teams could just be just a bottom feeder at that time right it's not even gonna be cool no um yeah, that's insane. I don't know why they do that. Why do they do that in college football? Why, why do you plan? I mean, it's good to be planning ahead, but it's like, yeah, Texas, think, Texas and, you know, Texas Tech in 2030. Yeah. It's like, okay. I think anything above, beyond five years is a little ridiculous because mm-hmm. you, you want to know how good a program is going to be. And it's not an exact science. I mean, a program can drop in one year, mm-hmm. but 10 years, you have no idea. No 11 idea. years actually now. So let's get into the the preview now so since michigan has the bye we'll go to michigan state side their first game of our series is going to be against purdue a team that was improved last year scared michigan they scared louisville they crushed missouri who actually wasn't that good but they were kind of the the spoiler team that either upset some big teams or came pretty close last season so this game kind kind of scares me a little bit because they didn't look like the the usual cupcake Purdue that we've been used to pretty much for the last decade or so. Also, I found out in researching their quarterback, Sindelar, he played the last few games of the season on a torn ACL. And in their bowl game with that torn ACL, he went 33 for 53 for 396 yards and four touchdowns on a torn ACL. That's, in, that's actually really impressive. That's ridiculous. That's actually, you, you wonder what he's going to do now healthy mm-hmm. with a year under his belt. But yeah, I, the one thing I do remember is is that Michigan Purdue game because it was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Just watching that game, um, I think their defense is still going to be pretty solid. Obviously, anytime you have a returning quarterback, it's going to be good. Wasn't that the game that Wilton Spate basically was broken? I think so. I, I I kind of any losses I or any any like games like that like big games where you lose your quarterback, I try to like mm-hmm. you know just keep out of my memory. Um, that's. I just don't know. It's Purdue. I know they're better. I know they're on the upswing a little bit. I know they had kind of a turnaround season. Um, but, man, I just, I just can't. I don't know. I just can't. I don't, I don't see Purdue winning this. I don't either. I think it's going to be closer than it should. This strikes me as a typical grinded-out Big Ten game because Purdue always 
they don't always beat Michigan State. I wouldn't go that far, but they just give them frustrating games, it seems like. So I'm going to go 24-16 Michigan State in this one. Even though Purdue's defense is not going to be very good, I just think this is going to be a frustrating game just like Michigan had last year. I, li- I mean, I like that score. I think it's going to be, be closer, kind of a lowing-scoring game. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be, yeah, I think, you know, Michigan State's going to run the ball. I think it'll be 20, 28 to 14. 28 14. All right. All touchdowns. All touchdowns. That's what we like to see, right? Mm-hmm. So the next week, Michigan back for a revenge game against Penn State at home. They got walloped on the road last year. And I don't know how many times we've said this, but. I'm sticking to it, and this is kind of a precursor to our quarterback hot takes. Trace McSorley's overrated. Yeah, you know, that was going to be a point. I know we talked about it. Penn State quarterbacks, you know. Always overrated. They're always kind of overrated. I just feel like the loss of Saquon Barkley, he was the thing that kind of – he was that player that you don't see very often, you know, that generational player that kind of took this team and just raised the whole team because they knew they had Barkley. They knew they had that home run guy who was hitting those home runs, and he was kind of raising that team. Um, to to where they were able to get you know atop atop the league there, um, but he's gone. That defense I think returns only three starters. Um, I, I do think McSorley's going to struggle at times. I don't you know with all this pressure coming in, he's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks, um, and I think they're going to kind of hit reality with with Barkley gone there. So I think Michigan wins this one, um, and I think they they win. I'm gonna I'm gonna go thirty one. The 20. Okay. All right. So not a blowout, but not something that would scare you Mm. either. I think it is going to be close. I do think Michigan's defense is going to give McSorley fits, and I think he's going to throw at least two interceptions in this game. That's my... That's my take. Yeah, at least. At least two picks. Could be more. This could be kind of a meltdown game for him. 27-21 Michigan. Next up. This one... This one could get ugly. Michigan State at Maryland. We have no idea what this program is going to look like at this time in the season. If DJ Durkin is even going to be the coach at this time. It could be really ugly at this point in the season. We just don't know. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of turmoil going on. If you've been paying attention, um, the unfortunate passing of a player there at Maryland. The school's taking full blame. The strength and conditioning coach has resigned amongst the the, uh, situation Mm -hmm. there. DJ Durkin um, suspended right now. He hasn't really even done anything with the school. I think he's 10 and 15 in two seasons. He he left Michigan for the job. Like, how dare you? This is is what you get. No, I'm just kidding. Come Um, on. (laughs) That's bad. It seems like Michigan assistants... Always leave to take horrible jobs. That's what that's what I mean. I I really appreciate the, the assistance that you know they're they're flash this job. Hey, it's your team. This and this, and they stick to it until they can get just wait for the better situation, not the first thing that gets thrown to you. You know, why leave a good situation? I'm not saying the Michigan situation is like the top. It's not like an Alabama or anything like that. But it, you know, you're you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you don't have to deal with all this. But you you, you went to Maryland. You knew it wasn't going to be bad. You knew it wasn't going to be good, I should say, and it was, it hasn't been. Obviously, it's been a nightmare. Yes. So with all that happening, I just don't trust the team. I know we talked about Maryland a little bit. They lost a huge playmaker, a receiver, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the guys uh, graduating. So I'm just going to say this is going to be just a blowout. I agree. Just a blowout. I think it's going to be like 40 to 40 to 
seventeen or something Ooh, crazy. Okay, high scoring. I went thirty-one fourteen. So kind of on this same path here. It's going to be a game where I'll watch maybe the first quarter and just be like, this is just boring. Yeah. I'm not entertained. Just like last year, that was maybe one of the worst weather games I'd ever seen in college football between these two. It was like 17-7. to 7. Both quarterbacks had maybe 90 yards passing combined. It was just terrible football. It's never fun to watch Maryland football. Mm-mm. It's got to be depressing. No, the last fan. Michigan game I went to uh, was the Michigan-Maryland yeah. game, and it was just it was just really bad. Yeah. I wasn't. I mean, it was cool being in the stadium and taking it all in. But I mean, when you look down at the football and the difference between the two teams, it was like JV varsity. It was insane. I think Michigan won by fifty. They they should not be in the Big Ten. No. Same with Rutgers. They should be in the AAC. If anything, that mm-hmm. seems like the perfect fit for them. Yeah, it's it's too too big for that mm-hmm. for those programs. Yeah, they just can't handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get to our quarterback hot takes. We're gonna tell you what Jalen Ramsey said about your boy. Aaron Rodgers, my boy, Matthew Stafford, and pretty much every other quarterback in the NFL. Uh, And then we'll give our hot takes. That's coming up next here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Hope you like trash talk. We've got a lot of it coming here. We're the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Jake Durant's in studio with me. Jalen Ramsey the cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe one of the best cornerbacks in the game, possibly the best. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say he's the best. Okay. I think he's one of my favorite players in the league, came into the league and just showed what he, he brings. Um, he's just one of those guys you need on a defense. I think he's what kind of gives them that edge, I guess you mm-hmm. can say. And, and anytime you have a cornerback who's not afraid to talk, not afraid to give his opinion, um, th- those are the guys you want. And I just love his competitive nature. I just love him on the field, you know, and, and, and he just makes plays. He, he talks, but he backs it up. you got to love those type of players. Right. He backs it up. That's the big part. Mm-hmm. So he gave the interview with GQ, just came out. We're basically in the interview, in the process of this, he pulled up a list of all the quarterbacks in the NFL and gave his thoughts on basically every single one, trashing a lot of them yep. in the process. Uh, some of the highlights before we get to our local ones, he said uh, – Josh Allen, quarterback for the Bills, is trash. Uh, he says, uh, I don't care what nobody say, he's trash. And it's going to show, too. That's a stupid draft pick to me. We play them this year, and I'm excited as hell. I hope he's their starting quarterback. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> uh, Joe Flacco. Flacco sucks. I played him two years in a row. He sucks. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, yeah, it is. He also said that Ben Roethlisberger, overrated, played him twice. He said he was disappointed when he played – or actually played him – yeah, he played him twice last year mm-hmm. and picked him off like eight times. He was horrible against Jacksonville. I, I would say he's – Yeah, I think overrated is a great term. He said he was – didn't he say he's like decent or something? Yeah, decent. He's decent. I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's at two Super Bowls, you know, but his supporting cast has been so good. You yeah. know, I think – he he does he gets a little bit too much credit and now he's with he has the best receiver and running back in the league on his side so that argument that I said on ESPN the other day you put Aaron Rodgers on those Steelers teams do you get more than two more than two Super Bowls I think you do I would agree with that you know what I think ab- it could be a dynasty what about the reverse if you put Ben Roethlisberger on um, all the Packers teams during Aaron Rodgers' career how many Super Bowls do you think they have I don't know if they have one 
Not even when they had Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has had to make a lot of those plays by himself on his feet. Big Ben can't do that. He does a little bit, a little bit, but not like Aaron. Aaron moves through the pocket. He's agile. He's nimble. Um, a lot of the a lot of the times he's being the wizard, making making it go. I don't think Ben has that as much. He has a little bit. Maybe when he was younger, he had a little bit mm-hmm. more. But I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it. Maybe maybe the year that uh, Aaron took in the pack won the Super Bowl with that defense with Nick Collins and things. Maybe Ben could have could have brought them there. Obviously, they played each other, um, but I, I don't know. I don't think they get one. Yeah, so I agree with that. Roethlisberger overrated. I've said it for a couple years too. He's mm. horrible on the road as horrible well. Horrible on the road. I just don't think he even loves football. No, at the time it's just like he's just doing it because it, it, you know he it's actually a job for this guy. Like mm-hmm. he wakes up miserable. Like you well, because he's people. banged up every single day of his life. Right, he's always like. contemplating retirement and and things like that, but. Yeah, I just think a lot of those those successes came from a, those defenses that scored all the time and, and mm-hmm. got him in good positions. He he did the work. Don't, I'm not taking credit from him, but definitely overrated. Yeah, so, decent's a good word. He's, right, he's, 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 he's decent. He's good. He's good. So the he also was asked, well, are there any quarterbacks who are actually good in your mind? Because he was saying everybody was terrible. Uh, the four he mentioned right away, kind of an, an odd list: Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, as you would expect. Marcus Mariota and Tyrod Taylor were the first four he mentioned when he was asked if there are any good quarterbacks. Never thought I'd obviously see Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Those are obviously clear cuts. Okay, what do you say about? Did he say anything about Drew Brees? That, he did not mention didn't, Drew Brees. Didn't mention Drew Brees. I think he probably would have said he was pretty good. Yeah, um, I think he's just saying Mariota maybe because he plays them a couple times a year and maybe Mariota like showed him a little something. Maybe, maybe because that is kind of weird. I think Mariota is just an average quarterback has his moments um and then tyra taylor you said i think that's yeah. just a respect thing i think a lot of players just respect tyra taylor i don't i'm not really sure why he's he's another guy who's just like pretty good i think it's gonna hold it down the bills hated tyrod taylor and they tried so hard to get rid of him before they finally did and he wasn't that bad at all i thought he was pretty good for the bills mm-hmm. i couldn't understand why they kept trying to get rid of him he didn't doesn't throw a lot of picks he can run the ball He's a decent passer. I mean, he's going to be the starter all year for the Browns. He's is be Josh the... Allen going to be ever be better than Tyrod Taylor at his peak? No, I don't think so. No, N- neither will Nathan Peterman or AJ McCarron. The they other got two worse at quarterback. It's, it's, they just they dug themselves in such a hole. They're like, all right, we kind of have to get rid of him now, but we don't have a backup plan. So I'm with him. That was one of my going to be one of my hot takes. Tyrod Taylor might be the most underrated quarterback. Doesn't help him now that he's going to the Browns because I mean. No quarterback ever flourishes, right? But he could be the best quarterback in twenty years. I think he, you know, I think he will be. And I don't know if you watch the Hard Knocks. I've watched yet. episode one. I watch episode one as well. Um, you know, he's he's just a guy that, that the, the players think highly of. Um, Jarvis Landry seems to really mm-hmm. like him. Just a guy that doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, he's just an overall really you know s- solid quarterback. He can run. He can pass. He he has good decision making. Um, he's a guy that. I don't see, like you said, why you'd want to get rid of him. Now you have Baker kind of nipping at his tail, so that's going to be motivation. Um, but, but yeah, I think Tyrod's a pretty solid guy. Yeah. Other quarterbacks he mentioned. Jared Goff, he said he's average to above average. Uh, he said Des- Deshaun Watson will be a league MVP along with Carson Wentz. I need to see a little bit more from Watson. I need to see more from both of these guys, honestly. I, 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 I've said this before. I need like four or five years. If you can do it consistently at a high level for about four or five years, um, 
you know, then I, I would say you have arrived and you're, you're going to be a solid quarterback because you see all these guys come in, they have one or two good years, and then, you know, it, whether it's the system or coaching changes or, you know, just the, the lack of talent, these guys kind of fall off. Deshaun Watson, I mean, he, yeah, he looked great when he was here, but, I mean, he hasn't even played a full season. Right. And Carson he, Wentz, yeah, he, at MVP level, but he got to stay healthy. Right. You know, and obviously he has a really good, really, really good team around him. So In Watson, I believe that was his second ACL tear of his career because he mm-hmm. also did it in Clemson. So two ACL tears for a guy that has a lot of athleticism. That's a big part of why he's good. He's a good thrower as well, but, I mean, that's still a big part of it. Same with Wentz. I mean, he's a very athletic quarterback mm-hmm. too. You wonder how much that's going to hinder them in the future right. once we get a bigger sample size. Yeah, and, I mean, Jalen Ram said for the next 10 years. Got to hope they make it 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So he also mentioned Matthew Stafford. Uh, he said, uh, quote, uh, you're not a bad quarterback if you do what your team asks of you. Matthew Stafford, I think he's straight. I don't think he's the best quarterback out there, but he do what he got to do. I'll take that. He, I mean, I'll take I, that's. I mean, everything he's been saying is pretty spot on. I do agree with a lot of what he's saying. Um, Matt Stafford, like I said, I said he's he's one, my favorite Lions player. If I had to pick one, um, I do respect him. You know, he he does come to work. He he gets beat up. He's a tough guy. Um, and he he makes that team go. So yeah, I mean he's not great. There's times when he does make mistakes, but he's definitely not the worst bat quarterback in the league. So I think that's pretty yeah. spot on. No, I I think he kind of painted him as a game manager, whereas I don't think anybody would call Stafford a game manager because he can win games by himself and he can lose games by himself. I think it's kind of a similar situation. Like if you were to put Matthew Stafford on those Steelers teams, do you think he would win one of won a Super Bowl? I think he might have got one. Yeah, I think he might have got one. I think I think, I think you could put a lot of quarterbacks on those Steelers teams, and people forget at least what one. they had. They had they were stacked at every position, mm-hmm. every position. That was one of the top five best defenses of all time. Yeah, and, and like I said, defenses that made plays and they scored. Mm-hmm. When you get defenses that know how to score the ball, those are those are plays that those are plays that switch the game around. The momentum switches. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it defeats the teams. You know, and and yeah, I mean. You could say that for a lot. I think Matt, Matt Stafford would get one. And then, so for Aaron Rodgers, we talked about, he just said he's pretty good. One of the best, I think. He didn't say much. I was kind of disappointed, probably because he, that was one of the guys he didn't want to upset. Yeah, maybe he was like, oh, I, I'm not going to go here. Yeah, but I, I... Well, you know why? Because there's there could be a shot that he faces him in the Super Bowl. That's it. That's actually been, I've seen Packers, Jaguars from a couple of different people as a Super Bowl pick. I know, I don't like it. Don't stop doing that. Why you afraid of him? I'm not afraid of him. I just don't. I don't be bringing so much hype. We want to fly under the radar here. Okay. All right. You're right. That's that's probably true. But if if it was the Packers Jaguars, I think that would be a pretty good game. Yeah, it'd be phenomenal. I think if the Jaguars made it the Super Bowl, that'd be great. I don't care who they play. Can you imagine the media coverage? That'd be mm. great. That'd be so. They have good. so many guys on there. Just like to talk. It's it's so entertaining. Also, I found out apparently they call the Jacksonville secondary the Jackson Five. That's. It's a great name. It's a great name. Does Jacksonville have the best names? Not best nickname. Yes. Saxonville, Jackson Five. They keep saying Duval. What? Do, what does that mean? Like they're If you look at their Twitter handle, it's Duval. What is that? I don't know. Am I missing something? I'm missing something. I'm not really in tune with the, the organization like that. But okay, I didn't know if it was some pop, pop culture reference that went over Duval. my head or something. I can't think of it right now. I I, I don't know I either. Don't know. Just like there was, what is that one brand that put its advertisement on front of one of the New York papers and just 
they have the the most expensive clothing. That's like the most basic thing. I think Odell Beckham is with them. No, not not a fashion guy. I thought you'd be all over that. I should, but no, I'm not. Nah. Well, oh well. I tried. <laughs> I don't. I I tried. That's you tried. You tried. That's all I've got, really. Um, also, uh, Deadspin did, does a series of articles previewing the NFL season called Why Your Team Sucks. And they do it for every single team. So don't feel like I'm singling you out. Today was the Packers' day because they do it in order of worst to best by by team record. So they'll be doing the Lions in a couple days. Mm-hmm. And I will bring up the funniest quotes from the Lions. Okay. But since today was the Packers' day, it ha- I mean, it lines up perfectly with you being on the show, right. too. So I'm going to read you some of the funniest quotes from this article, and then you can respond to them. I encourage you to read this article by yourself because there's so much more that I cannot read on the air. But this was some of them. Some of these, you could tell he's just saying it just to be funny. Some of them, there might be a little bit of truth in these. All right? Uh, Let's see. Your new coordinators are failed head coaches Joe Philbin and Mike Pettin. It's like one giant pyramid of pasty incompetence. See, I disagree with that. That's one of the things I disagree with. Yeah, they failed the head coaches as head coaches, but they showed their, some of the you know in the coordinator position. They showed they can really get the job done. So they might have been incompetent as head coaches when they had that whole they had to deal with everything coming at them. But I think they're gonna step uh, step back into the coordinate coordinator coordinator roles and uh, go back and and kind of flourish there. So I I disagree. I, this, this guy just was really. I was reading this in just annoyance. <laughs> like I just couldn't. I almost couldn't get through it. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But you have to take it from the fact that he's doing it for fun, right. and he probably he believes some of it. But I, he I think all of I it. think both of those guys will have both sides of the ball really going mm-hmm. this year. I will say there are a lot of coaches that are best suited as coordinators, and then they just can't handle the the head coaching that, part. It happens. So that was one of them. Uh, this one isn't more of a joke. He said this one as more of a hot take. He said, Rodgers will never play a full season again and wants out. Thoughts? You know, this is kind of, I've, I've had this kind of in the back of my head too. You know, he is getting older and you hope the, these injuries and things don't keep, keep popping up. Um, you never really can tell what this guy's thinking is the thing. And I know I read, I read in there that, you know, he, basically stop communicating with his whole family because of a grudge or something. Mm-hmm. So what's stopping him from leaving Green Bay? And it kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with this. Like, I'm kind of nervous about the fact because this kind of, he, he's kind of like a, a head case a little bit when it comes to, you know, when it doesn't go his way, he just holds his grudge and he's stubborn. So you kind of hope it doesn't reach to the point where he just kind of is turned off to the Packers and he gets out. And he said, uh, what did he mention? He said, "Oh, I can see him in on the West Coast in 2020. He's That's from where the he's West from. Coast. From the West Coast, warm weather. Why not? But what team would he go to? You know, I don't know. yeah, not the 49ers. They have Jimmy G. Jimmy G. The Rams. Go to L. A. Well, maybe when uh, Philip Rivers. Oh, L. A. L. A. Chargers. Uh oh, Chargers. Rogers. Rumor. Let's get it started. Start it. I love it. We're gonna break some news on the show. Uh, another one." Uh, Raynal Cobb has stunk for three years and they refuse to do anything about it. Clay Matthews will be allowed to whiff on sacks for this team until he's 80. Uh, 
So Randall Cobb, I mean, I know his production has been lower, so I get it. I think he's exaggerating this. This is just another. Well, they're all exaggeration. That's yeah, the fun this part. Is, this is just another Vikings fan that just he he is can't, a Vikings can't fan. get over the fact that his team's been ran by the Green Bay his whole life, probably. It's fine. Um, I do agree, though. Yeah, Randall Cobb's uh, production has been dropped off. You hope he can get back uh, in, in you know his old form. Injuries, man, nagging injuries has has been his issue. But I think I think he'll bounce back this year. I, I do expect a big bounce back year for Green Bay. Clay Matthews, the same thing. Um, injuries, things like that. I do think he still has some gas left in the tank. Um, he does whiff on some some sacks and things like that. But uh, I think they'll they'll let him kind of be a little bit more free this year and just do what he does and put his head down and just go for the quarterback and uh, you know just focus on that. Kind of simplify his role a little bit. So we're doing, in case you're just joining us, Deadspin article, Why Your Team Sucks, Green Bay Packers. We'll do the Lions. So these are not my ideas, even though I may agree with some of them. I'm just presenting them for Jake to reflect on. Uh, Let's see. Ted Thompson's defense, entirely built with his 90-plus third to seventh round draft picks, looked like the French Army in 1940. And Mike McCarthy stuck with a QB who was unable to throw a single touchdown in Lambeau Field. Yeah, I, I mean the, the Mike McCarthy thing. I agree. I don't know what you know. Mike, this is another pride thing. The Packers have pride. Oh, I have had these quarterbacks in the room for two to three years. So I'm I'm committed. It's like these guys are terrible. Get get the guy in here who who's been tra- who's been able to find a little bit of success traveling from team to team, a journeyman of sorts. Just get him in here, a veteran that knows what's going on, that can kind of hold hold the show together. Uh, I gave up on Brett Hundley a, a long you know last season. Obviously, I just I couldn't stand the guy. Don't think he can play. Don't think he can get any better. I just don't see it. Deshaun Kaiser, I mean, he was on the Browns. I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> he can come in and be something. He showed flashes, maybe. But I do agree. I, you know, I don't see why they couldn't go out and get somebody. So speaking of that, uh, this they also do reader emails from fans of the team to say why they hate their team. Um, one of them said, super, gl- super glad Green Bay is continuing the hollowed tradition of backing up the greatest quarterback of all time with a limp pile of moldy dish rags. The one quarterback who couldn't beat Hunley will now replace him. Yeah. You have no response to <laughs> I, that. I don't. I, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's insane. Going back to their defense, though, that's also very true. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, mid-rounders in that defense because what they tend to do is try to go after, you know, a, a running or a, a receiver of some sort or something like that, a tight end or mm-hmm. something. Um, but they just got two first-round draft pick corners. They they got a high pick in Kevin King last year. Um, I think that defense is going to come around. Um, the linebackers are kind of sketching me out a little bit just because of the depth and their middle-round picks, mm-hmm. like he said, so I have to agree, agree there. Um, I think the defensive line will be better this year. So I do think the defense will be better, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say. I think it will be better than last year for sure. Now, this one is a little bit of a throwback. This team is the reason Eli Manning will be in the Hall of Fame. Is that, <laughs> is that going back to the playoff game when, when they yeah. killed it and then they just lost? Yep, yep. That, I mean, that could be true too. Uh, there's a little bit of truth there. I don't know what to say. I mean, he's making sense. Um, that was a bad game. I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, I'd rather open the Ark of the Covenant than witness another pass from Brett Hundley. Truth. Facts. (laughs) I agree. That's a throwback a little bit there. Uh, Let's see. Uh, One reader called Clay Matthews 
Dollar General Thor knockoff Matthews. <laughs> I definitely could see him in the Thor movies for sure. Uh, yeah, maybe that, that's kind of his persona though. Um, they're not going to be saying this when he's uh, when he's making plays this year. That's all I got to say. Okay, so was it as bad as you thought it would be? Oh, I I, I think I missed one more. Uh, the Packers have two of the three worst quarterbacks that saw playing time last year. I would have to go back, but I, it, it seems like it's probably true. There are a couple candidates besides these two. Nathan Peterman for the Bills. Didn't he throw I, five interceptions oh yeah, he did. in like one half? Yeah, I was going to – come on. <laughs> That's bad. He was the Hunley, worst. Okay. I was going to say, are you putting him up above one of those guys? I mean, we, he only got like one half of playing time, so it's hard to judge okay. him. But I wouldn't say Hudley's better than him. Yes, I would say so okay. too. What about Tom Savage for the Texans before he got hurt? Mm. Or was replaced. I don't know. They kind of all blend together. He's just, he's okay. He made a lot of mistakes. Didn't get a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. You can say maybe he's better than one of those guys. I don't know. Trevor Simeon, Broncos. Just another guy, man. I don't know. Just another. Just those. I just see these guys as kind of just bodies. Like you know, you just throw them in there. Like hey, try to make some plays, guys. You know, when when a quarterback goes down, that is so accurate. They're just bodies. That's what I mean. They're just you know, you see the name, you're just like, huh. Yep. Whatever. I I don't expect to win, so just going in there and try to keep it together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't expect you to make plays. I don't expect to see any entertainment. Just 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 run the game. Try not to embarrass us. Yes. Try not to embarrass yourself. Try not to embarrass the team. Try not to make it as bad as it as I feel like it's gonna be. Right. So when the Lions version of this comes out, I promise I will read you the highlights because I love the Lions one the most because you can't argue with anything that they say. Also, I don't know if I brought this up, but I looked it up. This last four-year stretch of the Lions where they went 9-7, and 9-7, and 7-9, and 11-5 is the winningest stretch of Lions football in history in terms of most wins in a four-year stretch. I can see it because I kind of have this weird like view on the lines. It's like they've been pretty good. I've never said that in a long ever. But two nine and seven years and a seven and nine year helps add up to the winning a stretch of Lions football. Well, it just goes to show the, the ineptitude of the franchise and how bad they are. Yeah. So, at least you're not one of those Vikings fans that you know had a couple good years and now they're on top of the world and really haven't done anything yet. They, they should, should be just as skeptical as Lions fans. That's what I mean. Lions fans, at least, they're they're not out here like saying, "Oh, t- you know, trash talking." We're this, we're that. They're kind of just like, "Okay, this is what happens." We're we're better than we've been, but we're not in a position to say anything. We're afraid. Yeah, I think we're afraid we, of our own success. The thing is, is that you're climbing the mountain. You're afraid you're to fall off as you're trying to get to the top. Like because it happens top, all know? the time. And then you you, you just don't want to start over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just feel like the Vikings fans, man. Oh, they just they get to me. They, they're going to get to me eventually, too. Get me. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be the downfall of that team. Mark it down. Ooh, Jalen Ramsey talked about Kirk Cousins, too. I forgot about that. You know what he said? This one surprised me. He said, I think he's good. I think he's a winner. He's a competitor. Coming off the play action, he's the best quarterback in the league. Now, that stat is actually true. I've heard that one before. Mm. Mm. I still think he's going to be the – I don't care what Jalen says. Okay. I still think – He's going to be the reasons the Vikings fall this Ooh, year. Ooh, okay. I don't agree. Kirk Cousins is the savior. He's going to bring that franchise to new heights. And Where? it's going to hurt me. I don't know. Maybe a Super Bowl appearance? Let's see. That would be a new height recently, I guess. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk some high school football. A little more of a tease of our preview show. If you haven't 
heard it already. What are you doing with your life? Luckily, there are a couple more airings. We'll get to that coming up right after this year on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. Jake Durant from Local 3 is in the studio with me. We're going to switch over to the high school realm. Our kickoff show has been airing. We've done two airings so far. Mm -hmm. If you missed them both, you can tune in again Friday at 3 p.m. right before the sports pen. So just plop down. You'll have two hours of great content. I think that's the easiest way to do it. I think that that's a good Friday afternoon. You right? know, good way to wind down your week, mm-hmm. learn a little bit about what's going on, and then next week, let's get it started. Let's get it. It's it's kind of crazy. We're a week and two days away. It's mind blowing. And then you know that that following week, not next week, but the week after, on that Wednesday, local through high school sports zone oh! premieres season two. Nice. Calvin and I return. It's going to be bigger and better than ever. We're going to have. A lot of in-depth stuff, players coming on. You know, we're going to travel out and, and take part in some, some practices and things of that nature, hopefully, and, and, and just talk some football. It's going to be great. Did you get that billboard put up yet? Uh, you know, we're going to keep that top <laughs> secret. Just just hang on. We're going to figure that out. Okay. So let's get to a little bit of a preview just to get people excited and wanting to listen to our show, watch your show when it comes out. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Nagani, a team coming into last year had lost a lot of talent off their 2016 team. And they went 10-1? and one. Yeah. They had a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, last year was a transitional year for this team. Definitely. Relying a lot on underclassmen. Underclassmen that performed relatively well, considering the circumstances. They, I think they went 4-5. and five, Missed out on the playoffs for the first time since 2011, I think it was. Um, but now the, the, these players are a year older. Jason Waterman, obviously, coming in as a junior. Um, named, team, named a team captain quarterback uh very talented guy you saw him in basketball you know he kind of led that basketball team and and did fairly well for for being just mm-hmm. uh you know um a sophomore at the time so um i do think he'll come back i think they have one of the biggest best playmakers in high school football and duchene devin duchene um who you know had so many kick returns big runs and things like that i think he's going to come back and um, Drew know, Duchesne. Drew Duchesne. Sorry, Devin Duchesne. Drew Duchesne um, coming back, and uh, Paul Jacobson said he's a really hard worker, coming in strong. Um, and then just a lot of guys defensively that are going to be good. Um, and I just think, you know, I think this team obviously is going to be better this year. So I, I do like what they have going there. Yeah, they essentially get everybody back mm-hmm. because they're so inexperienced last year. Coach Jacobson said it was basically almost a relief this year that he doesn't have to stop and teach so much that he can rely on guys knowing what to do now, especially at the quarterback position, as we talked about. So here's a quick little preview of our conversation with Coach Paul Jacobson. So now this year you have nine returning starters. How different was this offseason and then now as you get into the beginning of the practice? Well, it's fun to watch, you know, especially with the sophomores and juniors last year that played key roles. Um, Watching them develop, uh, you know, we're taking them for where we left off last year, which is, which has been huge so far. This two a days, uh, you know, Jason Waterman's been fantastic for us. Uh, just kind of um, what he went through last year as a quarterback, and then the uh, the growth that he had, um, you know, and he had a tremendous off season. He's become more of a uh, a leadership role now as, as a junior. Was voted one of our team captains along with uh, Colin Remelong. Um, and Peyton Anderson, so uh, 
it, it's been fun. It's been fun watching these uh, the young kids grow up and and assume greater roles this year as, as juniors. Are they a lock to make the playoffs? I don't. I'm not going to say they're a lock to make the playoffs, but I do think they have a really good shot. Um, just based on on the fact that you're coming in a lot more confident. I think when you're talking about underclassmen, it could kind of the moment can kind of be big. And another thing that is going to be different is, is the new conference they're playing in. So I, I kind of I don't really have a good feel on on where they stand with with some other teams right now. But I wouldn't say a lock. I think they have a, a, a good a shot as any um, when you talk about playoffs. Yeah, that new conference is going to even throw us for a little. Mm-hmm. Loop it's going to take a little while to get used to. You know, you're not you're used to these different kind of matchups, or you know when it when they uh, were in the mid pen, you you know you were used to these matchups, and, mm-hmm. and you kind of had a feel of of how these both these teams play and things like that, and and how they play each other. You know, it was more like a chess game because you know a lot of the teams just kind of did what they did the best. So now you're caught talking about these different matchups, different players uh, lining up against each other, and things like that. It's gonna be interesting to see. So in the big division, which is when Nagani's in. It'll be Hancock, uh, Gogibic, Nagani, Houghton, Calumet, Westwood, Lance, Iron Mountain. I think a lot of those teams are going to be improved from last year, too. I think a lot of I think Iron Mountain will be improved. I, I know Hancock's pretty good, if I, if I can remember correctly. Um, Westwood will be up there as West, well. Yeah, Westwood. Westwood's going to be really good this year. I think you can talk about – I think they're, they're as good as any team, you know, I think that you could say that maybe they're they're a lock for for the playoff spot, um, I th- but I think they can they can beat a lot of those teams with his returning players. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have a returning, like I said, anytime you have a returning quarterback, you have you have guys you know the uh, linebackers. Um, uh, Jason Waterman is going to be playing free safety out there, leading the defense as well. And then you got a guy like uh, Duchesne and and guys like that. And Ennett, um I think you I think you'd be pretty good. In the little division, you have Manistique, Gwynn. Ishpeming, West Iron County, Norway, Munising, Bark River Harris, Lakeland, and Hubble. Who's the team to beat on that side? Ishpeming always sounds really good when you talk about uh, Jeff Olson and, and company. West Iron County was really good last year. Um, you know they're going to have talent returning. Um, Norway's always been solid. I think they've lost a lot of guys, so I'm not sure if they're going to come back as strong. I'm going to say it's probably between Ishpeming and West Iron County there. Yeah, it's going to be competitive on both sides and a lot of the coaches like it because they get to play schools now that are roughly their size mm-hmm. and their schedule is basically predetermined now so that's what I, why they like it teams outside of the conference though have not been as happy because they kind of then get isolated and then makes it even harder for them to find games mm-hmm. and yeah it's just talking to a lot of the coaches um, like you said, uh, Dion Brown was saying, you know, excited. We're playing uh, uh, schools with the same amount of kids and things like that. Um, then you talk to some other guys. Paul Jacobson was happy that they don't have to travel downstate mm-hmm. for these games. You know, they, they travel three, four hours to these games, rather, you know, just a couple hours and stay in the UP. Um, so it is good for those schools. And like you said, you know, you talk to some other schools like the Gladstones who are not as happy. Um, and they're kind of just sitting back uh, trying to figure it out uh, now that that the change has happened. Mm -hmm. So, again, Friday, 3 o'clock, kickoff show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union. Listen to it. We'll start to post some of our full interviews online later in the week, but we want you to listen first. So tune in. When we come back, something almost impossible happened at the Tigers game last night with a local kid 
It'll blow your mind when you hear it. That's coming up next here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Final segment here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Jake Durant from Local 3 is in studio with me. At the Tigers game yesterday, something incredible happened. White Sox player named Ryan LaMare. He grew up, or he was born, 10 miles north of Comerica Park. Grew up in Jackson, Michigan. Went to the University of Michigan. Bounced around the MLB. He's with the White Sox now. Hit his first career home run in his hometown last night. That's pretty cool, right? But Mm -hmm. that's not all. The guy who caught that home run was his uncle. That is ridiculous. I don't know what the odds of that happening is. It has to be, you know, over lottery odds. It has to be. And I know there probably weren't that many people at the game, but still, to be sitting in the exact right spot at the exact right time, it also, I think it bounced off the top of the bullpen, too. Oh, really? So it wasn't like a direct shot, either. That's just crazy. That's never. I don't know if that's ever happened. I mean, it's before. almost mind blowing just to think of of what had to have happened for that to actually just to to be that situation. I mean, talk about talk about a great experience hitting your first home run, mm-hmm. and then you know probably after the game, your uncle comes up. Oh, here, here, I caught the guy. I got this. What? What? You you could be you could be in batting practice. Nobody in the stadium but your uncle, and it would be very difficult to hit him a home run. Yeah. And he did it in a game with thousands of people there. It's just pure coincidence, man. I, I just can't believe it. It's pure coincidence. Do you believe in magic? Do I believe in magic? Is that it? Is that I magic? do believe in magic. That's magic. That's magic right there. Um, yeah, man, I, I just can't get over the fact that, that it actually happened out of, out of all the people in the stadium. Um, I don't know if he knew where he was even sitting. Don't think so. You know, I, I you can't direct the ball when you're talking about getting pitched the ball. It's just gonna go. I mean, mm-hmm. I just it's, it's just amazing. Especially for a guy who had no career home runs. So I mean, you know, you you're just your ears are just pinned back, and and if you get a pitch, you're swinging it. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to do anything crazy. Oh yeah, especially in your hometown too. In your hometown, at Tigers. I mean, man, talk about the stars aligning for that one. Mm-hmm. You're a huge baseball fan, right? I'm just the biggest baseball. Tell fan. me everything. How you've been paying attention to the Tigers and Brewers and keeping up with them? You know, I some insight. My, some some really good insight, man. I've I've watched a lot of highlights. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Brewers just just uh, scored a lot. Seven scored a touchdown on the Cubs last night. Yeah, they did. Had the bats going early. Um, I don't. I forgot who the Cubs pitcher was, but he didn't have not Jose Quintana. Quintana. He did not have a good night. No. Three, two home runs in the first inning, including one on the second pitch of the game. Mm-hmm. If that happens to you, you just have to know that it's going to be a horrible day. Right, yeah. It, it, and it was. It was a very bad day for him. Um, for the Tigers, I just, I, it's just a roller coaster for me. I, I, I think they're doing good, then I think they're doing bad. Yeah. And, I, I, and then they're trading guys. And then I just think it's, it's basically typically what we thought was going to be mm-hmm. for the Tigers. Exactly. Also, Michael Fulmer had his first rehab start last night in Lakeland. Two... Perfect innings with four strikeouts. So he's back. It's good. It's good when you're down there. You want to do good. Yeah, single A, high A, you better be good. <laughs> you don't want to see him giving up home runs down there. That'd no, be terrible. that's a problem. It's hard to hit home runs down there, too. Is there, do you think there's pressure on these guys? 
Absolutely. When you're down there, because you know you're you're like the big league guy. Absolutely, there and you is. don't want to like. I feel like that would be a lot of pressure. Even more so than a regular game, I think. Me too. I always wondered like, how do these you know these guys go down there? They have to perform, you know, and because it's just rehab. But what if they go down there and they stink? Yeah, I don't know. they're going against 19 and 20 year olds that they, have never even been close right. to the MLB, and yeah, and then all those guys, you know, they're giving it their all because right. they want to hit a home run off exactly. an MLB pitcher. Maybe they were too eager because they didn't do anything. No, they didn't do anything. Our former's really that good. Yeah, they couldn't touch him. That was probably it. let's lock it in. He's he's on pace for a no hitter in the MLB now. Exactly. Let's, gonna, let's lock it in. Let's float that out He'll there. Get it. We're out of time though. Thanks again, Jake, for coming in. Thanks for having me. You're listening to ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.